Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. Welcome back, Mullet Mafia, baby! What a weekend. Uh, absolutely crazy weekend from college basketball. Of course, championship Sunday in the NFL. Um, got some NBA news for you. Uh, the Rolex 24 was crazy. Uh, and, and finally going to talk some golf here, too. Um, so big show ahead here. But let's get right into championship Sunday in the NFL. Uh, started off the day with uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City jumped out to a 21-3 lead. and I don't, I don't know what happened, but damn, they, Cincinnati in the second half really just, I don't even know how to describe it. They just, just put absolutely, the balls on. Yeah. Um, they, they, so in the second half, they started dropping eight in coverage, only rushing three. They would occasionally bring four, um, but Mahomes just really struggled to adjust to that. And their offensive line, whenever, so whenever they rushed three, they were fine, but they would always sneak a fourth guy in once in a while. Um. Their offensive line really had a tough time picking that up, uh, and that's what really led to Cincinnati being able to come back. Um, then, of course, it goes to overtime, and everybody in the stadium like knew it rested on that coin toss. You actually heard, so Kansas City wins the coin toss, and their, their crowd loses their mind. Oh, yeah. Um, crowd was ready to go to the Super Bowl at oh, that yeah, point. Oh, yeah, they were. And uh, Mahomes throws a pick 13 seconds in. Uh, to overtime, which I thought was kind of funny. Serendipity. Yeah. Um, That's a big word, bro. And Cincinnati drives down the field. Uh, they kick a game-winning field goal. Now, there was a little controversy. Um, Mixon uh, got, a, got a run up the middle, uh, and he went down on his own. Everybody's saying he wasn't touched. Uh, he just set the ball down and then got up. Uh, the NFL has come out and said that he gave himself up, um, and that's why you know there was no challenge on it. Um so Kansas City fans are a little butthurt about that, but they'll get over it. Oh, they're always butthurt. Yeah. Um, Not always. Sometimes they're it, it was a great game to start uh, Championship Sunday. Really happy for the Bengals. Um, you and I both had them picked. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, obviously a great game. Um, I was ready to pack it up when we were down 21-3. Like, at that point, it seemed like one of those typical Chiefs games where everything was rocking and, the stadium was in with them. And then next thing you know, the second half came out and Joe Burr and the fucking rest of the Bengals, especially that defense really uh, showed up and showed out, uh, held Kansas city. I want was it, it like 84 yards or something like that. And three mm-hmm. points in the second half. Um, absolutely ridiculous. And I remember, uh, I was watching it with a buddy and when the first half ended, I was like, honestly, the key to this Kansas city offense is stopping the big plays. If you keep everything in front of you, you know, you can slow them down, and it's really hard for them to maintain a rhythm for full drives. And we've seen um, Cincinnati start to do that and obviously slow them down and uh, end up completing the comeback. So definitely a great game. Uh, Joe Shiesty just continues to impress. Yeah, that that stand that Cincinnati defense made uh, right at the end of the fourth quarter to hold uh, Kansas City to a field goal was ridiculous. Um. One, like I said earlier, you know, they, they started dropping eight in coverage, only rushing three. 
Um, but one of the things those one of the eight guys would do in, in coverage, and you saw this, I believe, it was like the last play on offense right before they kicked the field goal, is they had a linebacker sit in like a spy because Mahomes can run the damn ball. And a lot of people, oh, yeah. like, I don't know why, but they just seem to forget that when they're planning for him defensively. And they they did that really well. And that spy was sitting there, and all of a sudden he's like, fuck it, I have, I have an open gap. There's nobody in front of me. Like, I'm, I'm just going to send it. And he runs through there, and he catches Mahomes off guard, and Mahomes tries to turn around. Ball slips out of his hands, and luckily the Cincinnati, or uh, excuse me, the uh, Kansas City lineman was paying attention, jumped on it, was able to save them. Um, but it was crazy how close you know the game came to ending right there. Um, but all the credit to Cincinnati's defense. Their offensive line played so much better this week, too. Um, they gave up nine sacks against the Titans. I think they only gave up two this week. Um, Burrow also did a really good job of, you know, moving around and keeping plays alive. Um, I, th- I think that was a big reason they stayed in it as much as they did. If they only the- had two, uh, two sounds right, but if they only had two, they should have had like six. Joe Burrow yeah. just. No, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the offensive line definitely <laughs> wasn't great, but they definitely yeah, did play better, a lot sure. better. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, you got to credit Joe Burrow a lot with, you know, not giving up sacks. Um, so a huge win for Cincinnati there. They're going to the Super Bowl for the first time since, I believe, 1991. Um, just huge for that city. It, it's been really cool to see how that team uh, has rallied around the city. Uh, it, it came out that, um, I believe it's Zach Taylor is the coach's name. I might be wrong. Yeah. Um, after they said, after the first playoff game against the Raiders, they're going to give a game ball to a random bar in, in, you know, in the town. Um, and they've done that the last two weeks and they're going to do it again this week, but it, it's just so cool to see, you know, the, the city and this team that went through so much shit, uh, like so many bad seasons for years and years and all the letdowns, um, to, you know, embrace each other the way they have. And I am really excited uh, to see these guys in the Super Bowl. Um, personally, I'm rooting for them in the Super Bowl. I have nothing against Stafford and the Rams and we'll get to that game here in a second. Um, but I mean, at this point, like, fuck it, why not? Been on the bandwagon this long, why hop yeah, off now? Yeah, exactly. You know? um, speaking of the Rams, though, we're going to talk about the NFC Championship game, uh, the ugliest football game um, of the week by far. <laughs> Just horrible, horrible offense on both sides. Um, 49ers were up 17-3. to And I really don't... And everybody's blaming Garoppolo, but you already knew how bad Garoppolo was. And that yeah. basically the defense and his running backs had to carry him. Um, I don't think Kyle Kyle Shanahan gets enough hate. Um, you know, you got to think he's a mastermind behind the twenty-eight to three blunder. Uh, he blew a ten-point lead in the Super Bowl two years ago to the Chiefs. Um, he had another blown lead this game. Like it, I, I not enough people are putting that together. That listen, this guy is really not as good as he is. Uh, a lot of people yeah. think he is. Um, I mean, definitely Garoppolo does deserve a lot of the blame. It was, like I said, he's not good, but I don't. I, I, my he's any he's faith a I had winning in, quarterback, but yeah. if he if you need the game to be on his shoulders, that's not the position you want to be. Exactly. In. And if you're Shanahan, like you said, some coaches just aren't meant to hold leads. Um, like uh, um, John uh. Jay Gruden, yeah, I almost called him John Gruden. Jay Gruden, the former coach for Washington, uh, famous for that, couldn't hold a lead. Um, it just, it you know, 
obviously Kyle Shanahan's on a better level than Jay Gruden is, but nonetheless, you know, you get what I'm saying. Some coaches just don't know how to play the right mix of conservative and aggressive. They get too conservative and leads just diminish. And, you know, it is what it is. That's something that Shanahan's going to have to overcome, um, have to get better at. But, no, definitely, uh, you can sit there and, and post, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's win-loss record on Twitter all you want. Um, at the end of the day, he has a great team around him, um, a good coach. And obviously, when we see that, when they're faced with adversity, um, you know, they don't handle it well, plain and simple. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, another huge play in that game, uh, Stafford looked absolutely horrible all night. He got away with so much. And the biggest play he got away with was uh, just, I, I don't know who he was trying to throw that ball to. Um, and I've noticed that a lot this year. When he just says fuck it and throws the ball downfield, even if there is somebody downfield, he is like nowhere near within like 10 yards of them. Uh, and they were down by, I believe, three at that point. Uh, they were trying to drive, and he just chucked it deep for absolutely no reason. Like, he could have easily dumped it off um, or maybe even tried to scramble. I, I can't remember what happened in the pocket on that play. But he just chucked it deep, and I've, I forget the 49 players' names, but just jumped across the field and, like, literally had the ball in his hands, and he just dropped a basically would have been the game-winning pick. Um, instead, the, the Rams keep the drive alive, and they go down, they kick a field goal, they tie it. Um, so just a huge play there. But I, I really want to go as far as to say as I really think that Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are the two most overrated coaches in the NFL. Like, everybody gives Andy Reid a ton of credit because, oh, his teams always get, you know, to the championship. He's been in, I think it's eight championship games now, and he has won two and one Super Bowl. Like, that, that's not a good record. Just because you have these God-tier teams that you can get to that point, like means nothing if you can do jack shit with that team and continue to win champion. There's no reason the Kansas City Chiefs aren't three time Super Bowl champions at this point. And I I just think that he gets a lot more credit than he's you know deserves. Um and, and the same with Cal like we talked we touched on. Um just the constant just blowing of these leads. Um and so I I it might be I think the the read Comment is probably controversial, but that's really how I feel at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I would really go as far as to say that Andy Reid is probably one of the most overrated coaches in the NFL. That's all right. Um, I, I think I'm going to have to go back and listen now because I think two episodes ago you were agreeing with me with how good Andy Reid was. But nonetheless, I, I am going to have to say that um, something is definitely – because obviously I, I was very high on Andy Reid just, um, you know, when he got there. And he does have, you know, you look through his stats, you look through his accolades, he's he's got great a great resume. Um, but when it comes to really finishing the deal, and I understand that, like, I, I think one thing that people take for granted is how difficult it actually is, um, you know, to win a championship like that. Like, I catch myself sometimes. We tend to forget, like, the reality of the game. Um, you know, I, I look at the game a lot of times and like these people are out of this world, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they're, they're humans. They're just, you know, prolific athletes. And, um, I, I think that realism definitely does add some perspective. I apologize to the listeners. I can literally hear myself like stuffing up right now, I'm saying, <laughs> but we're getting through this. Um, but hey, we're all human. he definitely, yeah. Um, but he definitely 
uh, has his weaknesses, and obviously we've seen that. Um, I, I think that this Chiefs team and Andy Reid are like a perfect fit for each other um, because they both look a hundred times better on paper than how they actually perform. And it's crazy because you're right. This would be a three-time Super Bowl champion Chiefs team, and you know they're not. Um, you know, and, and no disrespect to to Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and that defense and all that. Like the better team won that game, plain and simple, this past yeah, weekend. I agree. But the better team had no business winning that game with yeah. the lead that Kansas City had. Um, but nonetheless, mad respect. Um, and as far as the Rams San Francisco game goes. Uh, this Ram team better not underestimate Cincinnati. Um, I think there's still some people that are out there questioning how good Cincinnati actually is. And, you know, can that defense actually hold up against Matt Stafford and OBJ and Cooper Cup and, you know, how, how that offense fare against Aaron Donald and all that. Mm-hmm. This team cannot underestimate this Cincinnati team because this Cincinnati team is continuously the underdog and continues to prove why they shouldn't be the underdog. And if Matt Stafford comes out there, and is loose with the ball. This is a Cincinnati team that has the heart. And again, they've been counted out all season. They're not going to let free interceptions drop to the ground. Right. Um, you know, they're going to take advantage of every Eli opportunity they give unless it's Eli Apple. Don't even get me started on that, man. No, because I, I, no, I actually want to talk about him because, like, the amount of shit he talked after the game was ridiculous. Like, yeah, as if he the, didn't the man get was, burnt like know, toast all day. He had one good play, and that was keeping Tyreek Hill out of the end zone on the last play of the first half. That was the only good play he had. Other than that, he was getting burnt left and right by Hill. And then when he wasn't, he dropped a pick, I believe, right at the end of the the uh, the, the second half. Like, and the man's talking shit after the game. And Tyreek Hill's like, "Listen, if you want to talk this shit, like, say it to me. Don't put this shit on Twitter because." And then everybody on Twitter's roasting him. I saw people trying to defend him too. I'm like, please just shut up. And yeah, like, and he. He tweeted out to Hill and Hardman and said, like, you know, let me know your address or some shit. I'll fucking I'll, uh, send you tickets or buy you tickets personally or some shit. I was like, bro. Eli Apple's I, the biggest bitch ever, but. Yeah. First of all, Hill, I get it. Hardman, like, Hardman's not even. <coughs> Hardman's not even, like, a wide receiver, too. So yeah. while you're sitting there talking shit to this man, um, and I'll have this argument with anybody. I, I personally, I respect Tyreek Hill. He's obviously one of the fastest people in the league, but. When it comes to being a receiver, I personally don't think Tyreek Hill is that great of a receiver. He's fast, yes, he, but you know he—you can't throw him contested catches. He's like five feet tall. He's gonna get out jumped yeah. like every time. Um, you know he's about getting him the ball in open space and whatnot. So like, you know, I—I I understand his stats might look good, but I personally don't think Tyreek Hill is that great. And you know, while it is hard to cover speed, like uh, it just seems like a lot of trash talk for no reason. I mean that. I think that's the biggest kryptonite to the the Chiefs' offense is. I mean, you have Kelsey, and I think people like Kelsey and Hill like complement each other so well because you'll get so busy covering one that you you have to forfeit cover somewhere. And for some reason, it always seems to be like if they double cover Hill, Kelsey's wide open. If they double double cover Kelsey, Tyreek's left one on one, and he just like you said, he just burns him. Um, but just back to Sunday real quick, I think. Like I said, the biggest problem, and I've noticed this with Andy Reid teams, is the first half, like we, they were great. They're up twenty-one to three. I think it was twenty-one six. Right? Was it twenty-one six right before half? I think. Um, either way, they're up twenty-one to three. They go into halftime, and then they come out, and the Bengals adjusted. 
and that you know they sat there and have time like okay this is what we're doing and they came out they executed that and then at no point throughout the whole second half did you see the chiefs try to adjust to that and that's what i just didn't understand watching it's like listen and it's different in like high school because when you play high school football you're a lot of times you're playing both ways like you can't sit there and come over and have a team meeting on the sideline with just your yeah. offense and college you can the nfl you can there's no reason that 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 Offense couldn't come off to the sideline after one of those drives, sit down with those tablets, and be like, oh, shit, okay, this is what they're doing. All right, this is, like, let's come up with a, a, a formula to adjust to this and, and try and beat it. And they they didn't do anything. And I've noticed that with more and more Andy Reid teams, like, when you think back when it is, they've had these really good teams, and then, I, you know, the team they're playing against, they expect to play one way, they make an adjustment, and they just lose their mind. They're like, oh, shit, what do we do now? And that uh, that was just like the most confusing thing for me to watch with such a high caliber offense and playmakers like Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and all this other stuff is the fact that they just could not adjust to that for some reason. Yeah, um, and the best part about it is, um, or at least best part if you're not a Chiefs fan, is they had a very good run game in the first half. And really mm-hmm. all they had to do was keep that going in the second half. Like even when the Bengals were starting to come back, that run game was, I'd probably say, 70% of the reason they had the 21-3 to or 21-6 to whatever lead. Right. Um. You know, McKinnon was running great. Edward Tiller, when he was in there, was running great. Um, running game good, look, looked good. And when that run game looks good, that's when Kelsey and Hill start to get open a little more. They kind of went away with it. You know, yeah, that's you have, what was, like, when you have again, the you're lead, dropping. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you adjusted the wrong way, buddy. Yeah, like, they're you, they're you dropping eight in coverage. Was... They are dropping yeah. eight in coverage. Why the hell are you throwing the ball? They, they are yeah, giving you free. Like, you just need four yards a run. Just yeah. four yards every play. That was our motto in high school. Four yards every play. If you yep. get four yards on first and second down, guess what? It's third and two. You get another four. That's a first down. Yep. It I, it was just so very confusing for me to watch. Um, yep. We could sit here and, and talk about that. Yeah. Talk I think day. one of the best things about the playoffs is like the collapse of coaches for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, <coughs> but we do have some headlines to go over here in the NFL world. Um, first off, we're gonna start with some breaking news actually, and this just came across. Sort of breaking. It was kind um, of breaking like three days ago, but. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so Brian Flores. Um, oh, not that. Okay, that uh, yeah, I just, like I said, breaking news. Uh, Brian Flores uh, has come out and he is suing the NFL, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Broncos, um, all for alleged racism in hiring practices. And then another thing that came out alongside this story um, is that he alleges the Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered him a hundred thousand dollars for every loss in the 2019 season to improve draft spot. Um, which is, I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm shocked that a team would do that, um, but it's definitely hurting the Dolphins image. I mean, there's no, everybody knows people tank in this league. And I mean, in every professional sports league, um, but it, it's finally interesting to see like the, the backstory behind tanking. Um, like everybody knows in, in the NBA, the 76ers openly tanked for years to, to get good draft spots and all this other stuff. Um, but now you have an NFL team literally offering their coach a hundred thousand dollars every time he loses. Um, to, to, to and tank. good for Flores for saying, oh, absolutely. Fuck you, by the way, like, cause I, I'm one of those people, like, I don't care if, like, if you're not that good of a team, you're going to get a high draft spot anyway. Like, right. and I understand. I could understand at least the argument to it to a point, but like as a player, when I played, I wouldn't have had none of that shit. I would have been like, I'm playing my heart out every day and play. Well, like, 
and whatever happens happens win or right. lose like well it, it would like it would have been one thing if they had a bad team that team went eight and eight yeah so you that they obviously weren't the worst in the league so they didn't have that bad of a team i understand you you want to improve um but then this year again yeah they went eight and eight that's not great but you were one game out of the like playoffs eight and nine or nine and eight one and oh, yeah, sorry uh, i think they were nine and eight this year um i think you're right but ridiculous regardless uh, I mean, you and I said this when it came across that he got fired, that that was just bullshit. Um, but, and I, I was thinking this the other day before this came out, that it's ridiculous that he was, he hasn't been hired yet. And I don't understand why nobody is, is touching him. Um, so absolutely, I agree. Good for him um, to, to finally you know speak out and like, listen, I'm not going to stand for this while you just torpedo my career because I didn't do what you wanted me to. Yeah. You know, I'm a head coach. My job is to win football games. If, yeah. if for these players, my job is to win football games. And yeah. And on the flip side, like I, I can understand if, you know, if, if he, like the man's is a good coach, and he obviously got the Dolphins to um to their two con- first two consecutive winning seasons, and I forget how long we mentioned on the podcast before. Um. So like obviously this man knows what he's doing. Um. And in all reality, like, obviously the odds were against him, especially if, you know, his management wanted him to be losing. Um, so to sit there and, and say that he doesn't have a job, um, it, like you said, is, is crazy. And on the flip side of that, like, I can understand that a, a team is going to pick who they think is best fitted to, you know, win them games, to win them Super Bowls, whatever. Um, so I, I definitely can, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be somebody that, like, jumps too far into this. Um, but Brian Flores seems like he's at the, this point at least has a decent case or the base for a decent case. Um, so definitely like, uh, you know, interesting to see how this is going to play out for sure. Um, but nonetheless, uh, definitely the tip of the iceberg with the story, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on, uh, other story that Nick was trying to allude to. Yeah, sorry. Um, I was going off the notes here. George didn't have that in the notes. So, so like I said, it's breaking. Um, yeah, it's breaking. I believe it was Saturday that it first came out. Um, with, yeah. Uh, Adam Schefter broke the news saying uh, Tom Brady's re- retiring, and of course, social media goes wild. Uh, ESPN went way fucking overboard. Um, I think they had like close to twenty posts that were just about Tom Brady and his retirement. And I'm not saying the man doesn't deserve it, but it was like almost instantaneously that Schefter tweeted it, and everybody came out like, no, 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 no. You know, he, he is not officially retired yet. And it was, like, retweeted and, like, out there. A lot of other media outlets put out, like, okay, um, you know, pump the brakes. And ESPN just like, nope, Tom Brady's gone. We fucking love it. And um, just went ham on his retirement post. Um, and, yeah, of course, Tom Brady, I think it was his dad, um, comes out and says, listen, he called the Bucks. He said he hasn't officially made up his mind yet. Um, and... Brady, you know, comes out and says, you know, it's day to day. I have not 100% decided yet. Uh, and then, of course, today he comes out and announces on his Instagram that he is officially retiring. Um, and I kind of feel bad for how everything went down. Uh, and I understand it's Adam Schefter's job to break news like this. But to take away such an important announcement from, like, arguably one of the greatest players of all time in the NFL. Um, and just because Schefter got a, a tweet from somebody or a text from somebody and he's like, fuck, I'm just breaking the story without, you know, checking it and taking away. I actually, Tom Brady's... I just seen a tweet that said, Roger, or, uh, hold on. Well, 
Okay, I can't find it, so I don't know the exact words, but it said, wait till everybody finds out that Bill Belichick meant to text Adam Sandler about Brady's retirement instead of Adam Schefter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I just, like, I, I that I for that reason alone, I feel bad for Tom Brady. You know, he probably wanted to have, a, a, a like, a special moment to his own. Like, hey, listen, I am going to step away on my own terms. And said, you know, it all gets leaked out. He has to come out and say, no, 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 like, I haven't made up my mind yet. Just so that way he can at least have some semblance of, you know, getting that news out there himself. Um, but that, that's the way the world works. And not mentioning the Patriots, like, at all while he did it. Yeah. Which has caused some controversy. And, like, I'm on the page of, like, that man don't know that city a damn thing. But uh, yeah. at the same time, you definitely know. And I'm pretty He's... sure he used the picture from when he beat the Patriots. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's actually hilarious. I find it super hilarious. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, he's not retiring from the Patriots. He's retiring from no. the Buccaneers. He is leaving yeah. the organization that was you know basically gave him a second. Not that he did, needed a second chance, but um, you know, an organization that you know let like brought him in. Um, and he took him to the Super Bowl. That you know the current organization. That's I think why he's saying what he said. You know about like, yeah. thank you to the Buccaneers. But yeah, he doesn't owe them a damn thing. I agree with you. Um, yeah. And, like, he said his goodbyes and his thank yous when he left. You know Exactly. I mean? so, um, is what it is. But moving on, uh, some head coaching news. Uh, the Raiders are hiring Josh McDaniels. Um, I kind of feel like this is going to be a bust of a hire. Um, I, I really don't think that Josh McDaniels is going to be uh, a, a top-tier head coach. I understand that he's been with the Patriots for years. Um, but just watching how that all like Brady carried that offense, um, Mac Jones, you know, really did well in that offense. But that offense had a lot of issues. I don't see him as like an offensive genius. But then again, you know, I could be wrong. Everybody saw Matt Nagy as an offensive genius, and that didn't fucking turn out well. Um, <laughs> so I, I would say mixed emotions about this hiring for the Raiders. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh... I'm kind of on the same page as you, uh, not to mention the fact that I feel like the Raiders is the place where, like, coaches' careers go to die, um, or at least to fall apart, at the very least. Um, it, it always seems like, you know, they have a decent team, and, you know, they're looking for that next step, and then something happens, whether it's, like, you know, coach hiring, like, when Gruden came back, or, you know, mm-hmm. a certain player or whatnot, and they always end up falling apart for some reason. Um I personally think they should have went with their, uh, what was it, their defensive coordinator, I believe. I forget his name, but um, the interim coach that they had the last half yeah. of the year. Um, that's who I think they should have gone with. You already had a team that was rallied around this man. Um, and not to mention, like, I'm pretty sure they hired somebody else from the Patriots as well. Um, so I don't know if they just figured the Patriots have won the most Super Bowls in the last however many years. We'll just steal all their coaches. I don't know what their thought process is, but I definitely agree. I don't think this is this is going to work out for the Raiders. I I can't say yet that I necessarily think it's a bad hire. Uh, mediocre might be a proper word for it. Middle of the pack, whatever. Right. Um, but I definitely I don't think this is a uh, franchise changing move by any means. Uh, yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with that. Um, and also the other head coach hiring. Uh, the Giants have hired head or Bills former awesome offensive coordinator Brian Dabble. Um, this is who I really wanted the Bears to hire, um, but of course the Bears settled for Eberflus, which again I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on right now. Uh, they had a very energetic press conference yesterday, um, but nonetheless, uh, huge hire here for the Giants. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with uh, Daniel Jones going forward. Um, if you know, Dabble thinks he can build around Jones and you know get more out of him. Uh, that team has a long way to go. I feel like before they're close to being competitive. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens there. Nick, what are your thoughts on that hire? Yeah, so honestly, I think this this is very important for two reasons. One, I don't think that you can give up on Daniel Jones yet. Um, not with uh, Dabble in there. Obviously, we've seen what he did with Josh Allen. Obviously, the QB coach had something to do with that too. But nonetheless, um, you know, I, I think that I don't want to necessarily call them similar, but I think they have similar play styles. Uh, they both are very athletic. Um, Allen's bigger, obviously, but, you know, Jones Jones reminds me a lot of Allen before Allen became good. Um, you know, you see those bright flashes. You see his ability to say, you know, all right, I need to put the team on my back, even though I might, might not necessarily be, you know, acquitted to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, and, and I think that, at least there's a possibility of being able to develop him. Now, I don't think that you're going to get him to Josh Allen levels. Um, but quite honestly, there hasn't been a whole lot of help around him. His wide receiver room is overrated. Um, Evan Ingram is, uh, I don't know if you could even still call him overrated at this point because he hasn't really done anything lately. Um, you know, Saquon, one of my favorite players of all time because I watched him at Penn State, but nonetheless can't stay healthy on the field. And when he is on the field, um, you know, probably because he's not 100%. He's just not putting out the way they're expecting him to. So I, I don't think that you can quit on Daniel Jones yet, especially bringing Dabble in. Um, and on top of being good for Daniel Jones, uh, good opportunity for the organi- organization as, as a whole. Um, you know, they had, they've had issues uh, ever since. Was it Coughlin? Is that his last name? Yeah. Okay, Coughlin. Um, pretty much from the end of his tenure there um, and so on, they've, they've had issues with the head coaching job. I think this is a very good hire for them. Um, and I, I guess I'll get to watch two times a year, how well it does for them. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that wraps up our NFL news for right now. Um, we'll be back on Thursday and we have all next week too, to, to preview the Super Bowl, um, And we're going to have a lot of fun doing that. Um, and lastly, the last thing I want to say about the NFL before we move on, um, thank God uh, the Bengals won. I don't have to deal with Brittany Matthews or Jackson Mahomes anymore. Yes. Uh, fuck them. Uh, over to Nick for some college basketball. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, so uh, big weekend in college basketball as well. Obviously, the stakes were a little lower uh, than the games in the NFL, but nonetheless exciting. Um First up on Saturday, our top 25 matchup that we had previewed on Thursday, we had 22 Marquette against 17 Providence. Uh, George and I both had Marquette, but Providence ended up taking this one by two. Um, The last game we talked about on Saturday was number 12 Kentucky against number five Kansas. And Kentucky showed up, showed out, uh, proved George and I both wrong, um, and ended up whopping Kansas by 18 points, 80 to 62. Shook the college basketball world for sure. Uh, I don't want to we'll say about... it, but go ahead. I, God damn, <laughs> is this Kentucky team scary to watch? Um, they were playing really. They've good caught basketball their rhythm, and, yeah, yeah, they have. And, um, and anytime a, a Calipari team catches a rhythm like this, they are always dangerous to watch. Especially at this point in the year. I mean, we're starting February, um, so we got February, and then we're in the March, and it, it 
they were going to be a really fun team to watch. Um, but yeah, it was Allen Fieldhouse was fucking rocking. Uh, that student section was going crazy, and Kentucky was just not phased by it. Um, so yeah, huge win for them. Yeah, um, I I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce their one big men's name. I'm not sure if he's the center or the forward, but I know they have a they always have a cardboard thing that like counts as rebounds mm-hmm. on the sideline. He had a really great game. Um, and uh, their one other player, I totally blank. I sh- knew I should have wrote it down. But I thought I could remember it, but I can't. He ended up winning SEC Player of the Week, um, which was crazy and just goes to show you how on fire that Kentucky team is right now. Like, they have multiple people playing at elite levels. Um, they're going to be hard to stop down the stretch, and, and I think that their ranking right now is very well-deserved. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but. Uh, the last matchup that we had talked about on Thursday, we had 16 Ohio State at number six Purdue. I had Purdue. George had Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State ended up losing a close one, 78 to 81. Um, I'm sure a lot closer than Purdue uh, would have liked to had it for sure, but nonetheless, uh, big Big Ten matchup, and Purdue walks away with the win. That was a really fun <laughs> game. I, I did watch a little bit of this game uh, before the football games came on, and. This was just a high pace, just up and down the floor all game. Um, it was really a lot of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, Purdue squeaks that one out. Um, again, I thought Ohio State had their, their program trending in the right direction. Um, but Purdue is becoming the team now that's cementing themselves as the best team in the Big Ten. Um, like we thought they were going to be right at the beginning of the year when they were just steamrolling teams. Um, they had the hiccup against Rutgers. But it looks like m- maybe now... I keep saying each team has found the rhythm, but maybe now Purdue has. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll have to see going forward. For sure. Um, and some other uh, games that happened. We had Texas upset number 18, Tennessee, and Alabama. George with the call, by the way. Alabama upsetting number four, Baylor. Damn right. Um, and another matchup. I'm sure we'll talk about it. At least I think it's this coming weekend. It might be. We might not talk about it on Thursday because it might happen in between now and then. Um, but Alabama does have a game coming up with number one Auburn. Will be fun to watch. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we. I just, I just want to say real quick. Yeah. So this is Texas's <laughs> first win against a top twenty-five team this year, uh, which is, I mean, for a, a team that had such high expectations, is really surprising. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously not where they'd like to be, but at least good to see something getting put together here. Uh, they played tonight, by the way, Alabama and Auburn. Is it tonight? Damn. Yeah. Okay. Um, Auburn's favorite by six right now. I think it's. I think it's gonna be. I think closer than six, but we'll we'll have to see. I agree. Like those are two teams that like you can tell certain rivalries that don't translate in between sports. Um, but Auburn and Alabama pretty much translates through any sport. Um, it's always a great game to watch. So definitely tune into that. I'm I'm gonna take Auburn just because it's at Auburn. Um, if it was at Alabama, I think. Bama might have squeaked this one out, but I'm going to take Auburn in a really close one. Yeah, I, I think Auburn's going to pull it out too. Um, but this Bama team um, is definitely going to be exciting to watch towards the end of the year. But with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and go over or do a quick run-through of our top 25. Number one still sitting up top is Auburn. Still sitting right behind them is number two, Gonzaga. Number three, UCLA. Uh, Purdue moving up from six to four, Kentucky moving up from I believe what was it twelve? Yeah, twelve to five. Number six is Houston. Seven is Arizona. Baylor dropping down to eight. 
Duke sitting at nine uh, with a big matchup this weekend coming with UNC. Uh, and to round out the top 10, sitting at 10, we have Kansas dropping down from five. Number 11 is Wisconsin. Number 12 is Villanova. 13 is Michigan State. 14 is Texas Tech. 15 is Providence. Uh, still sitting at 16 is Ohio State. 17 is UConn. 18, Illinois. 19 is USC. 20 is Iowa State. Remind me, USC, after I get done with this. 21, Xavier. 22, Tennessee. 23, Texas, finally back in the top 25. Uh, 24, Marquette, dropping down a little bit. And 25, LSU. Uh, so the reason I said USC, <clears throat> I see Twitter absolutely blowing up right now. And this doesn't have to do with college basketball. It has to do with college football. But Because Caleb Williams went to USC as if everybody didn't know that was going to happen anyway. Um, or at least I thought like it was pretty. I thought it was pretty obvious that that's where he was going to go. Um, but nonetheless, everybody's getting hyped because Lincoln Riley has all these recruits coming in and yada yada yada. If he was adding these recruits to uh, Oklahoma's team, I'd be like, oh my god, they could be national championship contenders. But he's adding some big names. Don't get me wrong, but he really, I, I I'm not sure he had good talent at Oklahoma and wasn't quite living up to expectations uh so i don't know i, I the hype kind of has me a little bit confused but i just wanted no, to talk I, about that well, I, I said that when when he left at first i was like listen he's he ran from the sec because he's scared of them because he knows he can't beat them uh he's overrated and i don't i'm not saying usc's gonna be bad i think they're gonna be much better than they were the past 10 years but i still don't see them ever maybe they'll make the playoffs for a couple years but i don't see them winning a, a championship or anything like that um which, I mean, you're going to dominate the Pac-12, congratulations. I mean, Oregon's yeah. done that for how many years, and I'm still not satisfied because we never won a goddamn national championship. <laughs> but, I mean, if he wants to run the the, the Pac-12 and run California, good for him. Um, and that's all the hires' expectations get you know, good. Congratulations. Uh, you're yeah. still overrated. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, nonetheless. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened in the Rolex 24? Get your mind off it. Well, goddamn, you guys missed a great race if you did not catch any of that. <laughs> um, Going to go over the winners here real quick. We'll start at the lowest division, uh, GTD. Uh, Wright Motorsports Porsche 911 won. Uh, they were driven by Ryan Hardwick, Zachary Robichon, Jan Halen, and Richard Lights. Um, huge win for that, uh, that team. Uh, nice new set of Rolex watches to go home with. Uh, GTD Pro probably had the craziest finish, um, just ahead of LMP2, which we'll get to here in a minute. Um, the one Porsche is leading. Uh, they're going through the lap. Uh, they get past um, in the inner loop, and they're racing down the back stretch. They get to the the bus stop chicane, which is now re- renamed the Lamar chicane. Um, but Homie just sent it in there, and they door slammed. Um, the one Porsche just spun out completely. The Porsche I was leading uh, that went on to win the Path Motorsports Porsche was completely sideways. And how this man saved the car, I have no idea. Um, I watched him hit. I was like, for sure, they're gone. And the Ferrari was right there to take the lead. Um, somehow saves it, snaps it back around, and gets going. Um, goes on to win, holds off the Ferrari. So Path Motorsports... Um, Porsche wins the GTD Pro category. Uh, that was driven by Matt Campbell, Matthew Jimene, and <laughs> Philippe Nezer. Um, that was that was a really great. It, it was so crazy. Um, 
watching a 24-hour race come down to literally the last lap um, and, and such a close finish like that. Um, LMP3, we had Riley Motorsports Legere, um, driven by Gar Robinson, Felipe Fraga, Kay Von Berlo, and Michael Cooper. Um, I love how there's one easy name to pronounce in there. Um, <laughs> uh, LMP2. If you didn't like, know the next two, it doesn't get any easier, but yeah. you know two of the next four. So. Yeah. Um, LMP2, uh, again, another great finish. Um, the Dragon Speed Orca came from, I believe they were like about five seconds back. Uh, Colton Herta got put behind the wheel and just wheeled <laughs> it around Daytona. Uh, ends up catching him again into the bus stop, just dive bombed in there and made it stick. Uh, takes her lead and just drove away with it. Um, so yeah, Dragon Speed USA Orca is your winner in LMP2, driven by Devlin DeFrancesco, Eric Lux, Pato Award, and Colton Herta, two IndyCar guys, um, two young guns. I've, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch in IndyCar going forward. Sure. And your overall winner in the DPI category was Meyer Shank Racing Acura. Um, finished just over or just under two seconds ahead um of the next car. So again, you know, crazy 24 hour race comes down to two seconds. Um that was driven by Helio Castroneves, Oliver Jarvis, Tom Bloomquist, and Simon Pagano. Again, two IndyCar names in there, Castroneves and Pagano. Um speaking of IndyCar, uh their season is getting ready to ramp up here. Uh their first race is going to be February 27, uh the Petersburg St. Petersburg Grand Prix. Um Next race for IMSA uh, is a 12 hours of Sebring. That'll take place on March 20th. Uh, and next up uh, overall is NASCAR, and they will start this Sunday uh, with the Bush Clash um, in LA. I really don't know what to make of that race. I, I personally think it's going to be a shit show. Um, <laughs> I know they're not running a full field or anything on that tiny track. They're going to do like heat races and all that stuff. I just think overall it's just going to be ridiculous to watch and I think it's a waste of money and time, but we'll see. Uh, and then the Daytona Five. It's either going to be really fun or really boring. One yeah. Of the two. Um, I don't think it's going to be boring. I just think it's going to be really annoying. Just all the bullshit that's going to happen. Um, but then they have the Daytona Five Hundred coming up on February twentieth. Um, so yeah, lots of racing coming up, and excited to talk about that going forward. Um, back to the ball sports, and we're gonna let Nick. Update us on some NBA stuff. Oh, yes, sir. You love some ball sports. Uh, but we're going to talk about some standing up, standings updates here. Uh, over in the East, the Bulls and Heat are tied at the top with Philly half a game back. Cleveland sitting one game back. Milwaukee one and a half games back. Brooklyn two games back. Charlotte four games back. Toronto five and a half games back. Tied with Boston also at five and a half back. And finally, Atlanta rounding out the uh, playoff. Hopefuls at seven and a half games back. Uh, and over in the West, uh, the Phoenix Suns are still sitting at the top with Golden State uh, sitting three games behind them. Memphis sitting at seven behind. Utah 11 behind. Denver and Dallas tied at 12 behind. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. I had to think for a second. 15 and a half games back. Uh, the Clippers. 16 games back, Lakers 17 games back, and Portland in that last spot at 20 games back. Um, also, the all-star teams have been announced, as well as the starters in the East. Starting uh, will be Kevin Durant, Giannis 
Antetokounmpo. I wasn't going to attempt to pronounce the last name, but I decided to send it. Uh, yep. Joel Embiid, uh, Young, and DeMar DeRozan. Sorry, I might struggle to breathe right now. Over in the West, uh, LeBron James, Jokic. I'm not. I, I'm always. I always try Nicola. to say that it's, it's, it's Nicola. just Nikola. Yeah, I know, but I always say Nikolai, and I like. I hesitated there for a second. Um, <laughs> Wiggins. I don't know why I say that either. I, I literally know that it's not Nikolai. I just yeah. always say it when when it comes out of my mouth. Uh, Wiggins with a little controversy. I. I think that he doesn't get enough credit, but nonetheless, um, Curry and John Morant rounding out the Western starters. Yeah, um, not really excited about that, but whatever. Um, yeah, it, it's it's at the point that the Pro Bowl's at. Like, it's just a popularity contest, yeah. and and just I just a bunch I just want to say no this defense. real quick. Um, fuck the Lakers, and and I'm <laughs> saying that for one reason and one reason only. So. On Friday night, they, they played the Charlotte Hornets. Um, my fiance had a, had a dinner club, um, and me and one of the other husbands uh, were just trying to find something to do. Uh, and I was like, hey, you know, Charlotte's at home tonight. Let's see how much the tickets are. Normally, a nosebleed seat is like 15 bucks. Not, not a bad price. Um, no complaints there. You go, yeah, you can't see a lot from up there, but hey, you get to hang out and have fun. Um, but the Lakers come to town, and only – Solely because of the reason they have LeBron James on that team, a nosebleed seat was a hundred and thirty fucking dollars. Jesus! And then the asshole didn't even fucking play. And again, this isn't <laughs> LeBron's fault. Obviously, he's. I'm so, I apologize for calling him an asshole. It's not his fault. But and like you, you sit out for a reason. I get that. Like I mean, remember Kobe? He used to say like he was beat the shit, and he's like, I, I got to play tonight. People drove all the way here, and I love that about Kobe. Again, not hating LeBron. I don't mean, but. There is absolutely no reason that ticket should have been 130 fucking dollars to sit in the nosebleed seats just for the the chance to see LeBron play yeah, in person. Change, and then he doesn't LeBron's even play. Part. Yeah, and it's just like, are you fucking serious? And and while I'm on the, the subject of tickets, fuck the Washington Capitals. <coughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, because these douchebags <laughs> who are just inside of the wild card right now Decide to make their tickets against the Seattle Kraken in two weeks. Again, over $100 for nosebleed seats. Meanwhile, the next day, the Kraken play in Carolina. And those tickets are $30 for nosebleed seats. <laughs> like, you're... And the, Carolina's a better team. You're out of your fucking mind. I'm still gonna pay because I want to go to the fucking game with you. Yeah. <laughs> But goddamn, am I gonna be pissed off about it? And then I'm gonna go in there. You're gonna charge me thirty bucks for a fucking beer on top of it. Yeah, for real. God damn it! Like, I assume it, we can't sneak in the cooler like we did at the Indy. Well, I mean, Indy, you didn't sneak it in. They checked it. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Though. But it's there is no need for you to jack up ticket prices for a specific game just because of the the possibility, especially with LeBron has struggled this year with injuries. The possibility that he would play in that game. Oh, we're gonna make a nosebleed seat 130 bucks just because it's LeBron and the Lakers. Fuck you, and I mean fuck you <laughs> with emphasis. Like that, you were money hungry. You get enough fucking. You are a goddamn billionaire owning a fucking team. You don't need to jack up the prices for that reason. Fuck you. God, fired up. I am. It's it's bullshit. It's it's fucking bullshit. Anyway, moving on. Right here. Yeah, um, talk about some golf, George. Some well, speaking of sports, some a little that, less high speed. Oh, it's, I mean, some that pisses me off when I play it is golf. 
Um, <laughs> but we we uh, we're starting to pick up here in the season. Uh, I mean the the season literally starts right after you know I think it's like a month after the the previous season ends. Um, but really we're we're starting to get into the full swing here. Football's coming to an end. Uh, a lot of big events are coming up for golf. Um, so something to fill my time while I wait for baseball. Uh, even on days I don't feel like watching baseball, I love watching some golf. Um, but we had the Farmers Insurance open this past week at Torrey Pines, one of the most beautiful golf courses. Um, it is a lot of fun to watch the players try to navigate that course. Uh, you know, on on TV, I I would give my left nut to play there. Um, there's a lot Maybe of places even like both of them on it. Yeah, like if I could, you know, just slice it up. Um, and you know, give it to a couple golf courses to go play there. I, I will one day. I'll make a whole list of places I would I would do that for. Um, anyway, getting off track. Uh, we had a great tournament. Uh, Luke List and Will Zalatoris go into a playoff. Luke List ends up winning. Um, I'm a big Zalatoris fan. I, you know, I saw him first at the the Masters last year. Fell in love with his play style. Um, he after the Masters, you know, he really struggled a lot, but uh, it looks like he's starting to regain his. His momentum here. Um, just had an off day on Sunday, uh, and Luke List was able to charge back and um, tie it, send it to a playoff, and he won on the first hole. Uh, overall, Hideki Matsuyama, last year's Master Champion, is currently leading the FedEx Cup standings. Again, we're just now starting to get into, you know a lot bigger events. Uh, the next event is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, Zalatoris will miss that this week, though. He just tested positive. Or COVID, um, the programs are a lot of fun to watch because you know you get all these celebrity golfers out there, uh, and it's fun to see them you know play alongside professional golfers. Uh, so that's going to be a really fun event to watch. Um, but right after that, uh, like I said, the season really starts to pick up. We're gonna have the Phoenix Open, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, then right after that, there's a Genesis Invitational, uh, and then we just start rolling right to the season. So golf is starting to pick up here soon. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and we will definitely keep you updated as we go along. You got anything else to add, Nick? I don't believe so. Hopefully I feel better on Thursday. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm not into it, but I'm here to give the people what they want. That's what it's all yeah. about. Well, in that case, that will wrap up our show. Um, just one last time, <gasps> fuck you for making ticket prices that high uh, before my heart starts racing again from being pissed off. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show. As always, thank you guys so much uh, for you know checking us out. Don't forget to, uh, to share it with a friend. Go check out our social medias. Uh, I don't know why people are not following Nick on Twitter. Um, probably because yeah. every once in a while you get a roll and that just interject myself with a really stupid tweet. <laughs> You're like, fuck, I don't want to follow this. Um, right. But nonetheless, uh, go follow the social medias. Um, thank you for listening. Check out the merch store. Uh, we will see you Thursday. Yes, we will. Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon.